What is up, guys? Welcome to Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 63. I'm one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew. Yo. And Tyler. Yo, we're at a totally different time frame because usually it's dark out, but I see the light. And that means... He sees the light. Yeah, we are recording at a different time. Yeah, we usually record Sunday nights for this show, but due to a few circumstances, we had some guests leaving, we had some travel involved, so we moved it. A little bit of a day recording today, but a great set of news all the same. I mean, we have updates all over the crazy world of sports right now. Uh, Obviously, things with coronavirus and COVID impacting things from the MLB, with teams sitting out full schedules practically, it feels like at this point. Uh, NHL playoffs kicking off, NBA action, and not only that, guys, but the XFL could be back as well. I can't believe The Rock bought it. What a dumb dumb. Spoiler alert. Totally rock move. I, I mean, I okay, let's talk XFL first actually. I like this move. So, as someone who was attending DC Defenders games, the atmosphere there was so much better than a Redskins game in my opinion. Like you can't it just call them it was that anymore. fun. It was entertaining. It felt like a um I'm going to say a college frat party meets football game. Like it was just lots of fun. Everyone was having a good time. Everyone was drinking. And it was decent football. Isn't that called college football? Bingo. I'm uh, practically. So it was like the merger of the two. You get this semi-professional level frat party thing. I'm not a fan of frats. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan either. But it's not like it was fun. It was just enjoyable to be around. Well, is that because you're still on the high horse of you know football had ended and there's really nothing else to watch other than NBA and hockey? And then until March Madness, and that got canceled. I mean, you sure it's not that like that kind of like you um, euphoria of like, oh yeah, like you know we're going to you know continue football with XFL and then watch it fall flat in its face due to COVID. Um, but the fact that you're saying it's going to be what do you, I guess, Joey? What are you saying? Are you just excited that it could be back? That it could be back in DC? What are you so excited about? Yeah, I'm excited that it can be back. So I like the XFL for a couple of reasons. Just to break them down quickly, uh, I think the f- the atmosphere was great. Going to NFL games versus going to XFL games, I feel like it was just a little bit more exciting. Uh, some of the NFL games, you just kind of get into the rut of it. Um, with the XFL, it just it was new, it was fresh, and obviously that could go away in a year or two. But at least for the beginning season, it was there. Uh, two tickets were so much more affordable. I could get very good seats for about a quarter of the price of what I'd pay for a Redskins game or a Baltimore game up in this area. Uh, the other big thing, I like the rule changes. I think the kickoff was really well um, revamped. I like the overtime rule set differently. Uh, the point after touchdown, I think, was another cool rule that they brought into play. And I would love to see some of that go to the NFL as well. And the NFL is going to take those up. They're going to scoop them up like a ground ball. I hope they do. It'll be I think a lot time. of them were really innovative. I mean, just think about what the NFL has done for when they had to deal with the CBA, and they've made um, a seven or fourteen team playoffs. I mean, that's that's pretty big due to the fact that they hadn't changed it in twenty plus years, and now you're adding an extra team. I mean, that's that's pretty substantial. So I think they're going to move in that direction. Yeah, no, I think it was great. I hope they do. And I think the other thing, and Tyler, you touched on it a bit, and Drew might feel the same way, uh, I just like the extension of the NFL season. So, yeah, it usually ends end of January, early February, and then we're going into playoffs, got all that stuff, Super Bowl's over, and then there's no football. So we jump into basketball a month or so later, but there's that dead time in February. 
I feel like the XFL kind of filled that pretty well. Uh, it was a little cold going to some of those games. I'm not going to lie, the ones in D.C. Um, but overall, I think having that extra sport right there happening, uh, where it's not in like a duller moment of the NBA or a duller moment of NHL, but something that's actually happening, it's exciting, it's starting right up right there. I think it kind of filled that void that February usually ends up becoming after the Super Bowl. I think it helps fill that story some more because you get to you get to see some of these folks who weren't quite NFL level yet or needed some more time to prove themselves or or whatever, and you get to follow some of those storylines and, and and see what ends up coming of these these talents that just need some more some more chance to develop and shape themselves. I mean, we saw several guys get signed to rosters. Um and I'm hoping to see some, you know, some success from them and and really blend into the NFL this season, assuming it all happens like we expect it to. Um, and so I, I really like that part, too, along with just getting to watch more football, like you said. I mean, maybe it's just me, guys, but I feel like this was one of our best, like, potential minor league systems out there. Like, if the NFL bought into this as a minor league system, I think it's better than AAA baseball, uh, at least on an excitement level to watch. Obviously, we're comparing sports here, too. Um but like AAA hockey, AAA baseball, uh, even the NBA G League. Like, I felt like the XFL was much more fun to watch than a lot of those in comparison. Did I go a little too deep too there, deep. boys? You guys don't feel too the same deep. way? Well, I. No, go I, ahead, Drew. I, I was just going to ask a question um, slightly off topic, so you go ahead. Oh, man. I was really hoping you would talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean,. I think, I think the the thing with the XFL is they have to, and just other sport, they have to figure out how to make it marketable. How are you going to have people continually consume it for such a long period of time um, at such a low level? I mean, you look at the MLS; it doesn't compare to Premier League or even um, the La Liga, even the, Ita- uh, the Italian series. Uh, what is it? I forget what the Italian one is, but I mean, and the Bundesliga. I mean, those. Serious yes, one. thank you. Those are kind of the upper level. Everyone watches. If you're a pro soccer player, or even just no soccer, you know those are much better quality than the MLS. And that's what I feel like the XFL is almost to the NFL, if not even a little bit worse, um, in the sense of trying to do something new, trying to get around it. I think they're going to have to continue to jump a lot of hurdles when it comes to getting the right players um, and continuing to funding it because I think it'll only be a certain amount of time before people are just like, you know what, it's just like the NFL. And the NFL is going to do something. They're going to have the time of their life coming up and not to not to jump into the NFL, but with all these leagues most likely not starting till potentially January or even December, all the NFL has to do is sit and wait. They're not going to have fans in any of the games. And they could have games on Friday. They could have games on Saturday. And they could fill that void that usually those primetime games from other sports like football, or sorry, like hockey, um, basketball, and now they fill in. I mean, if the XFL can do that, can get their act together, I don't think they can, um, and jump on this ship, they're not going to have any fans, which means there's not going to be any money. But um, I think there was two different, totally two different uh, trains of thought there that just went in a totally different direction. Um, but the XFL has a lot to work to do, and if they can figure it out, great. But it, I don't think it's going to be the same caliber or anywhere near the NFL. And I know that's not what you've been saying, Joey, but I don't know if I can just jump on the XFL train. 
if it's not moving. Yeah, I mean, the key is it doesn't want to be the same caliber. It never wants to compete head-on with the NFL, and that's why you see agreements between the leagues being signed this past season. They want to be that league that's under that, either the league that fills into that or the league where people end up retiring early and going back to. They just want to be that league that takes place at a different time. And I like your MLS comparison, but the big difference there is the season length. Like, when the MLS is running, you still have European soccer running. So people are going to tune into the Bundesliga, to the Premier League. When it comes to the XFL, you have all these hungry NFL fans that are waiting before even trades start up, and they have nothing to do potentially if they don't like basketball, if they don't like hockey. The XFL gives that outlet potentially for them to jump right into. So it's not really like they're competing in a sense in that area. It's true. I I like the XFL. I don't think it'll be giant, but I think it could definitely pull in viewership. We saw it grow quite a bit this past year. So I was going to ask, do we know a lot about the rock and this group of people that bought it and what their plans are, or do we only know that they now own it and they might do something with it? I think at this point, all they do is own it. And I would assume it would take a while for it to come back. Anyway, I would say at least a year for them to figure out one, the COVID situation two to sign players again. Um, I would think people are nervous about joining into this league at this point. Now that everyone's kind of been fired Like, we tried this once, we lasted a season, and then we got rid of because McMahon didn't want to keep it during the whole COVID outbreak. So I think that's going to make it a little harder to hire people. So I would say it's going to be two years out, if even. But yeah, as far as plans, I don't think anything's concrete at this point. We just know. And it wasn't The Rock himself that bought it. It was the ownership group that The Rock is a part of. I don't remember the name of it. Um, So there are a couple other layers to that as well. With that being said, guys, so we started talking a little bit about the NFL. Uh, It's about a month until the kickoff of the first game. Leagues are looking shaky right now. So the NBA seems to be doing pretty well with its its bubble set up. Um, The NHL is starting up their action as well, and they seem to be doing all right. Uh, The MLB is a giant nightmare. I think they've had somewhere like eight or nine teams cancel so far, Um, different games due to COVID scares, whether it be a player, whether it be a possible infection of a player. Um, all different craziness going on there, and they are not using a bubble setup. So to my knowledge, and I don't know if this has been clear yet, I don't think the NFL is using a bubble setup, but they are saying no audience. So I think it's home and home uh, at different stadiums, no audience involved at least until this point. Uh, They've been cutting back more and more preseason games, but at least to my knowledge, they're still planning to kick off. What are your guys' thoughts on the NFL and how it's going to go? I don't think we're going to have a season. I mean, if it's anything close to what the MLB... I mean, you think about MLB players have 25 men in a roster, maybe 30, I think, with the new... due to our COVID situation. And now you think of 53 plus maybe 12 coaches. You have 70 guys. You have to either keep them in a bubble, in a hotel bubble or in one place or tell them not to go or put it in their contract where if you get COVID, you're fined X millions of dollars. Um, if, if they want it to be successful, they have to figure it out because MLB clearly cannot get their act together um, with reports saying that players are going out doing whatever they want. Um, and we saw one player, I forget who his name, what his name was, but supposedly a player got punished um, by not playing because he went out to a bar or something. Um, and so mm-hmm. the so the the NFL is just sitting back taking notes and being like, okay, this is what we do not want to do. Because, I mean, you look at MLB, they don't have fans. And so it's not like it's coming from the fans. Um, and I do have, and I may hopefully we'll talk about college football because I do have something to say about that. But with these NFL guys, hopefully, 
hopefully they're smart enough to take notes and say, all right, we're definitely not doing that. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they, they just have to look at the NBA and the NHL. Uh, I don't think the NHL has had any positive tests. Um, they're playing in a bubble. I mean, I know they're staying in two specific cities, um, just like NBA is staying in, in Disney. But I think you can do a bubble approach without having to be in one or two specific places. Uh, it's really about what you let your players do and who's around the team. Um, but yeah, surely they're they're seeing this stuff and realizing, okay, these are these are the ways to to make sure that we can keep going uninterrupted, and you've got to punish the guys that that break those rules. I, these people make a ton of money. Surely they're smart enough to make some good decisions, but. You see the MLB doing some of the stuff that they're doing, but then I remember that they kind of are terrible at decision-making anyway, so I, I shouldn't be shocked that they're doing some stupid stuff. So, NFL. Sounds like we think it's going to at least kick off. We don't know how long it's going to last is kind of the thoughts overall here. Uh, I'm just really curious how it goes. Like, if they end up going with no fans, it's like you guys said, it doesn't seem to have much of an impact as the MLB is having issues even without fans being present. Uh, at the same point, the NFL has a lot more players than a lot of these other clubs. Um, so you're looking at a lot more interaction. Uh, when you look at MLB, for example, there's not really too, too much contact going on there except for the ball and the bat. Uh, now with the NFL, you have guys on the line touching each other. You have a lot of pushing, shoving, uh, potentially a lot of swapping of germs here and there. So I think it could get much more messy. Um, I think one thing with the NFL that they're going to have to do compared to a few of these other sports, particularly the MLB, is a lot more forward testing. Like they're going to have to be very, very, and everyone's getting tested, I think, before every game for the most part here. Um, but I think testing is going to have to be very, very rigorous when it comes to the NFL. For sure. And if you if you limit and or completely eliminate their exposure to people outside of the team and everyone has been tested and is negative, then there really shouldn't be th that, that issue of them making contact with each other, like on the line and such shouldn't be as big a deal because they're all being tested constantly and they're not having contact with people outside of their bubble. But that's assuming they, they keep them that separated. Um, and I don't know if that's realistic seeing as now, they're grown men who make lots of money and, and have the freedom <laughs> to do those kind of things. I mean, the other thing is, and Drew and Tyler, I don't know if you know the answer to this either, but we've seen a lot of these other sports leagues cut their roster size for this season and say we're going to reduce this. It's going to be less players coming in between AAA affiliates, et cetera. Uh, has the NFL said anything about cutting down roster size? Do you guys know? Um, I know they I know they changed it. I'm trying to remember. Um, the, only, the only thing I can think of is that they're going to have one quarterback, and this is, this is just me being me. Um, <laughs> They're gonna have one quarterback not be. The going can have. They're gonna have one quarterback just stay at home. So in case the quarterback gets, you know, has COVID, they still have one quarterback, and they may not be on the roster that day. But they're literally just gonna have one quarterback just stay at home pretty much the entire season, uh, and still kind of almost like a practice squad, but at your home <laughs> practice squad. That way, they're not in contact with anyone else that has COVID. And then if something worst case scenario comes. That quarterback gets COVID, you have one fresh out of your, fresh out of quarantine, pretty much, um, who was not infected or not, a, not infected or affected by the, um, by your whatever spread on your team. So, um, so you know, we we can see with the MLB, it only takes one person. 
So roster size for NFL teams is staying at 53. Um, They are expanding the practice squad, though, for this season from 12 to 16. And four of those players can be protected from other teams. So like Tyler said, they could have a quarterback that they keep on their practice squad who doesn't come into contact with anyone and is one of their protected people every week so another team can't sign them and they've got this person just in case. And that's that's really what the point of it here is, is if they have an active roster member test positive, you can have those extra people on your practice squad ready to go that aren't part of your normal rotation of people. And it does look like they cut rosters at least for the current point. So for training camps, they cut it from 90 players to 80 players. Yes. So once we move to the regular season, it could get cut further, but I would assume if they're running 80 now, they'd probably keep that 53. That is the plan as far as I've seen. And actually some of the teams have been allowed to keep 90 because they're doing, uh, because of how they're doing camp. It gives them the the ability to have like, um, if if they're doing half their squad camp at one place and half their squad do camp at another place. Makes sense. They're letting them each keep 45 because they're not all together. Wow, so if you have multiple facilities, which most of these places do, um, you can keep a number of players. I mean, what's, what stinks is, you know, the players who have opted out, and they can't, um, you know, they get their $150,000 and then see you next year. Um, so it's – we live in some crazy times. It's definitely going to shift the landscape. I, I mean, so I'm still doing fantasy baseball, guys. I drafted back in March. Uh, it is a giant disaster. Like, the, trying to play fantasy anything right now is craziness. Like, outside of daily fantasy. Because I have some guys who are, like, set for a great schedule the week ahead, and then one someone tests positive in the MLB, and then the whole schedule is canceled for the week. It's like, oh, gosh, this is a nightmare. So I have a feeling, and I'm not sure how clear this will be, but I think the NFL could be absolutely crazy for fantasy this year as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to still playing anyway and just trying to trying to manage my way through that yeah this will be the toughest season if you're running keeper leagues this is not the season to run a keeper league 100 <laughs> percent not uh with that being said guys so we touched on nfl a bit let's slide over to the ncaa because drew at least from my knowledge we're starting to see a lot of people begin to cancel their ncaa seasons yeah the uh the mac is the first fbs league to um cancel their season i think they're looking at spring to try to play football um, a lot of the FCS schools have, have done the same, but not all of them. Um, and now there's talk that today the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten uh, commissioners are each not together. Having The Big Ten commissioners are having a meeting, and the Pac-12 commissioners are having a meeting where they may vote on moving forward with the football season. Maybe not. It may just be more discussion. You know, a lot of this is is conjecture from, from people who are just hearing rumors because there were rumors that the Big Ten already canceled, uh, and they had to come out and say, no, 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 we've just we've just met to talk about options. There's been zero voting. Um, oh, they canceled. They canceled and said, nope, uh, no, to, uh, 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 I, 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 uh, I trained my thought. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm... I'm personally one as a football fan, really hoping that they still play um, if, if, if they're comfortable doing so, because I love college football and I know a lot of the athletes have come out and said that they want to play. Um, and I've seen now this argument from both Trevor Lawrence and Nick Saban. Uh, and I completely a hundred percent agree with this, especially for these power five programs. Those players are a heck of a lot safer 
being on campus with their teams playing football than they are at home. Because I've seen how people act at home um, and in in the regular world, and there is not a great adherence to things like social distancing and mask wearing and all that stuff. Um, and if they're with their team and on a pretty rigorous schedule of, of, of classes and you know curfews and clean facilities and healthcare and testing... Uh, those players are a whole lot safer being in that system uh, and kind of not quarantined per se, but they're the people that they get to be around and the time they have to be around other people is very limited. Um, so if it's actually about taking care of them, it actually seems safer to me for them to be playing or at the very least be on campus as part of the team, even if they don't get to play like we envision it. This, this whole is, voting I mean, thing is a nightmare, too. So certain people are coming out and saying 12 of 14 Big Ten presidents have voted against it. Uh, other people are coming out with verified check marks as well, saying that no vote has taken place yet. So, <laughs> so it's still a TBD on that one. What were you going to say, Ty? Drew, going back to your point, I, I agree to a certain extent um, that structure is super important. I mean, you look with anything in regards to college athletes to students to my son who's a year and a half structure is very very routine is very important and so i'm not surprised athletes players are are going insane inside their house because they're so used to that routine and we saw it with professional athletes with them being like i have nothing to do i've worked out enough like i want to go do something um and so i agree to that standpoint they need some type of structure routine does it have to be football no, I, I don't think it has to be football because if you're just – and it goes back to – it, it kind of goes to you know paying athletes, paying college athletes. I don't think you should pay a college athlete. You go to school to get an education, not to play college football, not to go play college soccer, not to go play a sport. You go join the IMG Academy League to do that. It, and it, it starts with ESPN. It starts with all these other big networks wanting to make a bunch of money not just the NCAA, but it's these, you know, the ESPNs, the, the Fox Sports that put money into this so that they can make uh, money. Um, and so, you know, we want to make it a big deal. Like, oh, we need it, we need it, we need it. It's like, let's, let's, let's take a step back because it's not just college sports. Everyone is suffering here. There's no winners in this situation. And just because you have college football, and this is not an attack of you, Drew, just because you have college football doesn't mean like everything's back to hunky dory. I mean, we look at the MLB, NFL is not going to be the same, MLB is not the same, nothing is the same. And yes, I completely agree when it comes to routine and structure, and these players know nothing else other than that. But at the end of the day, it should be about the education, it should be about player safety, it should be about the entire college campus. Because you do have people coming from all over the place. And now, oh, we're just secluding the college players. We're just, we're just all the college football players, they have their own classes. They already have their classes to begin with. They get to pick first. They can, do, they can major in underwater basket weaving just to, just to you know, stay on the football team. So to me, it's, it's become this diluted um, case where it says, oh, yeah, it's just simple. We need, we need football back. It's like, no, it's, it's, first of all, it's much more complicated than that. And second of all, this is starting to tear, tear, kind of go underneath the layers, going a little bit deeper of like, wow, this is, this is bad that we are putting football first in front of everything else. 
in our life because there's actually more important things than just football, especially college football. NFL, that, I mean, that's, that's your job. You signed up for that. You signed a contract. That is your job. College football is college first and then football. It's getting that education. And so in my opinion, you need to figure out how to keep the safety on campus before you go to the next step of, okay, let's go play sports, whether you have fans or no fans. And we can see with the MLB, great example, thank goodness for the MLB, trying, you know, make, making everyone look like you know, dum-dums, not doing what they're supposed to, showing you what could happen and what the possibility could happen. So I'm, I'm very conflicted because like I said, I'm a man of routine, I'm a man of structure. I think those are very important in life because when things are not in structure, not in routine, things can get very out of whack. And football provides that. But college being the literally the most free time you will ever have, whether you're, you know, particularly if you're not a college athlete, but if you're not a college if you are a college athlete, you have a little less structure freedom, but you can still do whatever you want. You just got to go to class and go to practice. So it so. it it is very uh, difficult. I I I want to say I completely agree that there that the school needs to take care of its students more than anything else, um, whatever that ends up looking like. Um, and football should not be placed above, especially like the program or the player should not be given more or extra or instead of attention. Um, I just know that a lot of schools have already got their plans in place for what they think is students being safely back on campus. If, if you're only letting football players back on campus, that's absolutely a problem. Um, and this is not a, a power five program, but I know my alma mater tech, they have their plan for students being back on campus. You know, it involves distancing, it involves masks, it involves some virtual learning, um, it inv involves more space and dining areas and all that kind of stuff to make sure that everyone has the space to be a part, to go to class and to, to access all the things they need for education while still getting to be on campus. Um, and if schools are doing things like that, I definitely feel like letting something like football happen if it helps the university and the school as a whole um it should not be done as a way uh to as, as in in vain of a sacrifice um if it if it helps everything be better then by all means make it happen but if it's just a risk or if it's just because they want some more money that they don't want to have to deal with not having that that is definitely a problem um so i i completely agree if it comes down to we can either do football or we can keep our students safe. You better keep keep the students safe. I mean, this exposes your value as a program, as a college, as a university. What do you have to? What are you going to have to give up uh, if you want football? And if you don't have football, what are you giving up? What are you realizing you're putting your actual value in? Because I think with a lot of these programs and a lot of these universities, they're like, "Oh crap, we don't have this income. We need to." We need to figure out where to either cut either cut our losses, um, or I mean, there are certain universities who are giving up entire programs. Don't have a track and field program anymore. Don't have a swim and dive program anymore, because of the amount of money they're losing. And why is that? Well, they've created a a program where it's all we need is football and we'll be good. We'll, we'll kind of you know we'll make the line. Now that they don't have football, it's like oh crap, where you know where are our values? Where are where's our Where's our money coming from? Um, and so it, it really, 
uh, puts into question about the education system and you know how much is the education and how much is it, how much is it making the dollar and um, where that where that's going. So it, it definitely impacts everyone and it definitely I think exposes how much money and how much universities make just by doing football um, and where they where they set their values. Yeah, definitely a lot of questions still out there on that front. So again, like Drew said, we do have some voting potentially happening today. It seems like everyone's a little mixed on this, um, but the Big Ten and Pac-12 are the two that are expected to vote either today or sometime early this week. Uh, I think once the big conferences start falling into place, then we'll start seeing more and more. Uh, it might just be me guessing, Drew, you know more about this conference, but I feel like the SEC will probably be one of the last to hold out um, if they even cancel it all because football is so big with that conference. Uh, ACC has also made a lot of big changes recently. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to hold out as well. Um, but overall, I think we should get some of that within the next couple of weeks. I, I'm I, pretty sure ACC made a schedule. The SEC did as well. Um, yeah. But I, I don't see – I think if one of the Power Five bows out, uh, probably all of them do. Although the Pac-12 could be one that bows out and no one else follows suit. But – with ACC, SEC, and and Big Ten, especially those three being a lot of the East Coast, if any of one of those three, I think the other two will follow just because they're all in the same relatively general area. Yeah, I know. So ACC has had mixed things. They've had some quotes from AD saying they're moving forward in an attempt to play. Other quotes are like they absolutely intend to play. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be the same way, especially if the SEC falls. If the SEC decides to bow out, I think everyone bows out. But we'll have to wait on that one. Um, guys, we are getting a little bit later in the show, so not too much more time on here. I think the one thing to touch on last for us is probably the NHL playoffs because they do kick off this week. Um, a lot of action going on. Have you guys had any chance to catch any of the NHL games yet? Yeah, I'm already no, checked Sabres out. Aren't in it. <laughs> Sabres aren't in it. Sabres aren't in it. I don't care. And the Predators lost their five-game opening series uh, to the Coyotes, so I'm done. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy, Drew. I'm so happy. I mean, this is the first time Arizona's been in the playoffs in, like, 15 years. Yeah, I have to give them that. I'm just sad that it was my Preds that paved the way. You guys went to the Stanley Cup, like, two years ago. You're fine. You live. Coyotes haven't, haven't, haven't had a taste of playoffs since... Uh, Probably a lot of people listen to the show. Born. I'm just, I'm really curious to see how this plays out. Because my I think my biggest concern is injuries. Like, yes, they've been in training camp. I think training camp started on July 10th, if I remember correctly. So it's been about a month at this point. But still, like, these players are not at the level they usually are when it comes to playoffs. They don't have months upon months of practice leading up to it. So I feel like we're going to get more and more injuries this playoffs than before, if I had to take a guess. On top of that, I don't know if the rustiness has knocked off some of these veteran players. Like, yes, they're veterans. They've been around here and there. But they also take a little bit longer for their bodies to get intact, like some of these younger guys who are a bit more fit, a bit more ready to just to jump right in uh, versus some of these older guys who've been around and they are very good, don't get me wrong, but it takes a little bit more time to charge them up. Well, Joe, you have to understand, these guys play 82 games usually and then play playoffs. Right. So I, I would imagine that there's less injuries. They're more ready to go. They're they're almost ready to kind of I think they've had this kind of pre warm up with the opening series and the expedition games. I think this is will be the best playoffs any of them have ever played. And you won't see it. You'll see injuries, but not as many because 
after 82 games, you're you got to go to playoffs. What? Are you kidding me? Um, well, see, I'm curious because in the MLB and the NBA, it's been the exact opposite. We've seen more and more injuries than we have before because of the short practice that they've had. True. But I, I think these guys have been figuring out ways to, one, stay in shape, stay active, and figure out how to get on the ice. And as soon as they could get on the ice, they they would. Um, so I, I mean, they are used to whacking each other around anyway, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, hitting each other around. And so I think, you know, when your body takes that and now suddenly you get a three months off and not, or four months off and now you're back to back to playing, it's like, all right, you know, I'm I'm not as I'm not as achy, I'm not as sore, I'm not I'm kind of ready to go, um, in it to a certain extent. Your body hasn't taken that beating. Okay, guys, so it is time to make our way too early, way too less information predictions here for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So if you had to pick one team on each side of this bracket, who are you guys taking with no matchups played yet? What are the matchups? Uh, so on the left side of the bracket, you got Vegas, you have Chicago, Colorado, uh, Arizona, Dallas, Calgary, uh, St. Louis, and the Canucks. Hmm... Top seed is Vegas. Number two is the Avalanche. Number three is Dallas. I'll go with Avalanche. Number four is Columbus. Avalanche. Drew. I'm going to go with Vegas. Um, they've they've been a bit hot since things got going again. Um, I I don't know. I have a good feeling about them this time around. Yeah, I really like Colorado too. I'm I think Colorado being such a young team has potential. They might be a little too young to get it done, but I'm going to pick Colorado as well as my early on that side. Um, over to the other side, who do we got here? It's Philly, the Canadians, Tampa Bay. I believe this is Columbus, uh, the Capitals, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Bruins. I'm I'm toss up between the Bruins and the um. Oh, what was the other team? Oh my gosh. Um. Oh, Tampa Bay. Uh, they screwed up two years ago, and uh, I think this is the time to that no one's going to really care about because the, I mean, we're in such a different situation, but I think this would be any time good, any time, any better, it's a better time now than any time to win a Stanley cup in this type of situation. And so Tim Bay should have won it two years ago and they're going to win it this year against Colorado. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go actually Tampa Bay as well. I think Tampa Bay Lightning are the team to watch. Uh, Philly does have the number one seed, but I'm liking Tampa, the Bruins, and the Capitals here. Uh, Capitals have looked a little bit staler than I'd like as a D.C. fan, but I think Lightning overall, again, like Tyler said, just slightly missing out last year after upset. I think they're going to pull it back this year. They're going to go far, uh, at least in my opinion. I think they could go and win it all, but they're at least going to go pretty far if I had to guess. Drew? Uh, yeah, I'm also thinking Lightning as probably the, the best choice for a lot of the same reasons, but um, I'm not taking my eyes off the Islanders. Um, they're another one that's, they played pretty solid all season long when it was still going on, and then they've come out uh, from this and shown that they're, they're definitely a good team. So I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on them as well. And it could come down to them and the Lightning to, to play off into the actual cup. You heard it here first, guys. The Lightning has struck three times in our prediction, so we'll see how they end up playing that out. Uh, guys, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to mention in the week of sports? Go Bills.
Bell's beautiful. That's exactly what we needed here. Uh, guys, if you want to follow us, you can do so on Twitter at CAMB Podcast. You can also follow the network at OTN Media. In addition to that, shoot us an email, CAMB Podcast at OTNmedia.org. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your predictions, all of that, and read it on the show. Go ahead and shoot those emails there. Last but not least, if you'd like to support what we do here, you can do so on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Washington Warthogs. This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.